What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 37, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Holiday! Holiday! Uh, you can find us, and then you can tell your friends to find us on Google Play Podcasts and on Apple, Apple Spotify? Apple That's Spotify. not a thing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a thing. Uh, Apple Podcasts is a thing, though. And uh, on those services, you can give us ratings and reviews and give us all the love, and that will make us happy. Speaking of love, go on to Spotify, and then you uh, sign up for the our feed or whatever, and uh, when you just, just when your heart bursts with joy, you can have that bursted heart fall onto your phone by clicking the little heart icon. Oh, uh, that was boy, that was a stretch of a net. Um, hey, okay. Zach, if yes. people. Yeah, if folks want to let us know how awesome that analogy was, how would they do that? If they wanted to comment on how well you did that intro, they should mm-hmm. do that by going onto Twitter <laughs> at Stargate Walking and saying, uh-huh. gosh, Brent, what a great job you did on that episode. <laughs> and then we all know, if you say those words literally, <laughs> quote that, uh, we know what you're actually saying. And so that is a challenge out there for all of you Twitter guys. Uh, uh, go there and say those exact words. I don't remember exactly what they were anymore. To at Stargate Walking, and we'll know that you're listening to us. Ha-ha! Yeah, that's true. Or you can that's go true. to Facebook to our Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page. Hit that like button, that follow button. Mm-hmm. We've had a few people mm-hmm. do that this week, so thank you very much yep. for following us. Also, find our uh, Facebook group. Walking through the Stargate Facebook group, it should be connected to our Facebook page. There should be anyway. Uh, join us there, and you can also tell Brent on Facebook what a great job he did on that opening. Uh huh. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> What's is this like? Is this like an internet version of a dunk tank? Like, are people throwing baseballs at me right now? <laughs> well, they're not throwing the baseballs at you, Brent. They're throwing the- them adjacent to you, you know, it is like me, the yeah. dunk tank you don't throw them at the person you throw them at the 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 plunger button on the side <laughs> although so hurl if your you comments th- <laughs> hurl them at the plunger button next to me <laughs> and if you want to see zach fall into this proverbial dunk tank <laughs> uh do whatever you would like as well that's nah, fine i can take it I can take I, it. You know, have you ever been in a dunk tank? No, actually, I never uh, have. I've had the, the pleasure slash opportunity of, of uh, being the guinea pig of a dunk tank a couple of times. And uh, it's not so bad. Uh, the worst sure. is when you're not quite ready because you've just been dunked and you're trying to climb back up and get onto the seat and somebody throws that ball before you're ready and then you <laughs> you go sploosh before you actually are quite ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was, a, that was a pro move. I'm going to have to do that next time I'm going to have a carnival. Um, be no, like, in the carnival, I'm quite certain that the people are, are far more... Uh, uh, protective of of the guinea pigs in this regard but this is at a church function a couple years back more than a couple years back at this point in time (laughs) and everybody knows that church functions are vicious man (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) Uh, so pass the hot dish and get out of the way oh absolutely (laughs) there's nothing quite like dunking a pastor oh Anyway, I'm sorry. Anyway, I got anyway. so so uh, Twitter, Facebook, or you can email us at walking through. No, email us. Let me try again. See, now you have something dunk. This before. works. No, okay. you are fine. Email us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. That's W A L K I N G T H R U G H T A C. Oh, speaking of dunk tank, sploosh. See, that's what happened. Want to try that again? Walking through the Stargate at gmail.com. You know the letters. It sounds so just do it. You, you, you just got do it. it. You got this thing. Consult your dictionary and there you go. Yeah. The the, the hard word there is through, which is T H R O U G H. But other than that, everything else is exactly what you would expect it to be. It's spelled precisely how it should be spelled. Although the doesn't actually sound like necessarily how it's spelled 
And Stargate has... Anyway, you still know what it is. <laughs> Speaking of emails, Brent, we yes. have received a few emails this past oh, week. Oh, good. Um, uh, to uh, Commenting on last week's episode on A Matter of Time. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah. mostly... Um, they they take issue with your vehemence against the science in this episode, uh, and issue with me for for probably not uh, standing up against your vehemence quite as much as they think I should have. Uh, in any case, I'm glaring I'm glaring through the microphone right now. I, I, although, I can feel it. I can feel it. Although I will completely freely admit that about the midway point through this episode, there was some um, biological science discussed, which of which I am not nearly as well-versed. And I was immediately thinking to myself, huh, are they getting the science right on this one too? (laughs) Because boy, I really ripped them a new one last time. (laughs) So, so Arnak wrote and he said, uh, the cinematography of a matter of time does not preclude the following possible retcon. Note, Uh this retcon requires more assumptions and retcons than would be required to fix Disney's space physics. Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. The sudden mass in, the sudden increase in mass, the sudden motion toward the planet with the Stargate and change from star to black hole can be explained if the star in question did not simply collapse into a black hole. If a free-floating black hole, which does exist, entered the system and collided with one star, thus Uh increasing its mass and gravity, then the other Uh star would lose mass and the black hole would consume the star with which it collided, all whilst moving toward the planet in question. Yes. Yes. Uh, I did say it was a big retcon. Can can you, can you, will will you allow me, will you allow me uh, 30 seconds for a rebuttal? Certainly. Okay. Uh, If a free-floating black hole were to be disrupting this system, uh, and if the planets as a result of it were captured within orbit, that free-floating black hole would be traversing through the star system at a slow enough pace in order to successfully capture those planets. But in doing so, it would have been traversing through the star system in a way that would probably result in those orbits being significantly disrupted, like significantly disrupted. Uh, oh, but maybe that's what he's saying. Significant disruption can be into the system itself. It could be that there were stable orbits at first. The black hole slowly starts going through the system, swallows up one of the stars, but in the process starts tugging on planets in ways that disrupt their orbit, causing the one that the Stargate is on to be falling into the black hole. This is brilliant. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Oh, okay. Well done. Can we? Uh, can I? Can I add a Chevron to my previous rating? Can I? Can I bump that one up? Uh, I don't know if I can. You know what? Um, in, it's our show. It, it is our show. So I'm going to put a an asterisk <laughs> next to your two for a matter of time and say after retcon, <laughs> Brent gives this a three. Uh huh. There you go. Who was that? Who was that? That, that was Arnacht. Ah, oh, thank you, Arnacht. Uh, so you uh, saved but, the episode from damnation. But, but Arnacht was not the only one who responded. Oh, okay. Edward responded, uh-huh. and uh, we've heard from Edward before. Yes, um, and he wrote a very lengthy email. Brent, <laughs> I will invite you to uh, go and read all of it if you wish. I'm not going to. I'm just going to take some snippets here and there. He says, I have to disagree with you about the rating of this episode in that I think Brent was taking this episode too seriously. Sure, the physics are great, but that's not really the point. This was a really exciting (laughs) episode uh, of the time because I think it must be the first time in science fiction television history to feature the time dilation features of a black hole. This is the same time Ooh. in television history as The Legend of Hercules and Xena Warrior Princess. Right. So I think we ought to give them a little more suspension of disbelief than we would like. He goes on. He says, um, oh, shoot. Now I lost where it was. Let's see here. Because. Consi- okay, here. So. 
Considering this is a show about an ancient race having created a galactic network of wormholes powered by an unknown heavy metal mineral mm-hmm. that's also mm-hmm. a room temperature superconductor that was taken advantage <laughs> yeah. of by a race of Egyptian aliens that disseminated humans throughout the galaxy, I'm willing to give the utility of types of energy blasted at a Stargate the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Edward, well played. <laughs> Oh, <clears throat> touche. So, um, he goes on, um, and uh, I'm not going to quote everything there, uh, but... Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things that if I'm being brutally honest, what was really happening was that I was g- taking an opportunity to basically do this thing. Hey, guys, I'm smart. I know things about physics. Let me say them. Because that's kind of where I was going with a lot of that. So, uh, your 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 kindness and grace and forgiveness are are, are noted and welcome. Uh, I do especially like the retcon argument. It's actually not as bananas far fetched as one might think. Um, you know, the amount of time that they had. Yeah, but it, I mean, the star didn't even go nova. So then, yeah. So then, actually, that would be the most the most plausible explanation. Uh, yeah. I, that's good. It's good. Um, and I think Edward does have a point in that this is a, a, a period of time yeah, in yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, television history that, uh, and actually I noted this as I was reading through the Illustrated Companion, is that uh, they were trying to engage in some element of real science in this episode, recognizing that, you know, maybe they failed per- perhaps, but... Um, you know, when you look at the science in in Star Trek and in oh, yeah. Star Wars, uh, yeah. Oh well, mm. you know. Mm. Um, <laughs> Although I have a I have a pet theory that just doesn't seem to get traction that there is <clears throat> ample ample evidence in the Star Wars universe that they are describing a parallel universe entirely. Like it is not our universe at all. Physics doesn't work the same way in their universe. Well. It's a fantasy. It's not science fiction. It's actually science fantasy. Um, there's and then there's that. And anyway, physics works differently in fantasy than it does in real world. They have magic after all. They do have space wizards. They do. All right. So with that, thank you, Arnect and Edward, for your yeah, comments. Thanks. That actually uh, was really especially fun. Especially <laughs> for uh, for Arnect for uh, uh, helping Brent see the light or the darkness, as or it were. Dark- hey oh, oh, black hole jokes. <laughs> Bang! There was another one. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you would like to tell us what you think about what's happening in these various episodes, please let us know on email or Twitter or Facebook or, or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, you know, have fun. Yeah. All right. This shall we fun. dig into... I like that. What? That was a good time. That was yeah. a nice little back and forth. That was great. All right. Let's dig into Holiday. 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 No, this is not a podcast about Madonna. Uh, To my knowledge, (laughs) she never appears in this series at all. If I'm wrong about that, let me know. Anyway, (laughs) this episode is directed by David Worry Smith. This is his sixth and Mm -hmm. final directing credit this season. Uh, We saw him, Mm -hmm. his work in Prisoners, Need, Message in a Bottle, Bane, and The Fifth Race. So, frankly, there's Mm -hmm. a... There's a big swing there. Uh, you've got one of the best there, episodes. There really is. In the fifth race, and then you've got things like Bane, which yeah. Brent thinks is amazing, and it's not really that amazing. Uh, and then you've got episodes like Need, which is very middle of the road. Uh, yep. He's got three more credits in season three, and then I think that's... Well, the last we'll see of David Worry Smith. If you want to know more about David hmm. Worry Smith, right. listen to our other podcasts because uh, we talk more about him. The teleplay is by Tor mm-hmm. Alexander Valenza. Uh, this is his mm-hmm. second writing credit. He wrote uh, Spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see his name uh, a few more times in season two and seasons three and four, but this is his last credit for this season. Uh, and again, gotcha. if you want to know more, go back to Spirits and listen to that about Tor Alexander. Uh, he was one of the story editors of the show. 
the original air date for Holiday was February 5, 1999. Number one in the charts mm-hmm. was our good friend Britney Spears with Baby One More Time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ah, uh, I would rather listen to Madonna. <laughs> In the UK, they were... Uh, hey, listen- it was a really popular song. Just because it was popular does not mean it was good. That's, tell me about it. Okay. In the UK, they were listening to You Don't Know Me by Armand Van Helden. And you know I, what? He's totally right. I don't know him <laughs> at all. I don't know him. <laughs> yep. I have no idea about this song. I'll have to look it up. We'll have to uh, listen to that as we uh, go through the box office weekends for this week. Okay, all right. So so as as we start to jam to this new song to us, You Don't Know Me, uh, number one in the box office for this week was Payback. Uh, Number two was She's All That. Number three, Patch Adams. Number four, Varsity Varsity Blues. (laughs) And rounding out the top five, Jumping... A whopping 52 places from last week was Saving Private Ryan. Was this? This is the Oscar. This is Oscar time. This has got to be Oscar time. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, right after uh, it was nominated as a best picture or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Um, there we go. That because, yeah, it was sitting at 57 last week. And now here, all of a sudden, it jumps, skyrockets up. To number yeah. five uh, in this box office week. So, what was happening at this point in time? A couple of days before this episode aired on February third, actress Angelina Jolie, who was twenty-three, divorces actor Johnny Lee Miller, who was twenty-six, after three years of marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, there. Moving on. February fourth, unarmed West African immigrant Arma- Armadou Diallo is shot dead by four plainclothes New York City police officers on an unrelated stakeout, subsequently inflaming race relations in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would certainly do it. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, we still have the same tensions today. Mm-hmm. Uh, on February 7th, a couple of days after this episode, the NFL Pro Bowl in Aloha Stadium, Honolulu, uh Airs. The AFC beats the NFC 23-10. Mm-hmm. And also okay. on the 7th, Crown Prince Abdullah becomes the King of Jordan on the death of his father, King Hussein. Mm-hmm. So that's what was happening uh, in this time frame. In the world. In yep. the world. Uh, I've got a couple of trivia questions, trivia quotes about this episode. Um, sure. I don't know if you noticed it, Brent, but Macello is actually played by Michael Shanks. I, I not only did I notice it uh, here, I noticed it in the promo. Ah, did when you he that said, last week? I, "No," but I got, I got like strangely giddy when he's like, "I am Michael Shanks," and I'm like. Or not Michael Shanks. I am uh, Daniel Jackson, and, and and I went into a mode of like, oh, is this like Daniel Jackson from the future? Like that's kind of ah. where I was going in my head, um, because it was just evidently somebody in old man makeup, and oh, wouldn't you know, it has like sort of the facial structures of uh, of of Michael Shanks, and so I'm like, oh, it must be him. They must be doing that thing. But then we'll I mean, we'll talk about it. But like, yeah, what was the point of having him in old man makeup? Well, right? um, like, so. To go along with that, uh, I'm reading uh, a paragraph here from uh, the Illustrated Companion. Uh, Mm -hmm. Michael Shanks here recounts this episode. A lot of things that made him smile. He thought it was one of the best episodes on paper uh, at the time. Uh, It was very complete from an actor's perspective. He gets to play opposite himself in different roles and whatnot. Uh, He really liked the, uh, the old age makeup. He says... Uh, we had such a good prosthetic guy, he deserved an award. Even the head of MGM at the time didn't realize it was me. We had to tell him later at a dinner. John Sims was complimenting Rick on playing Chris's character, and Michael Greenberg said, Yeah, and how about Michael playing the old man? Apparently, Sims kept staring at Shanks, waiting for the punchline. He'd watched the episode and didn't know it was me under all that makeup. So, 
that means I spoiled the fun when I recognized that it was Michael Shanks? I don't think so. Um, okay. Uh, huh. I'm just saying that that's what happened. He remembers, that's Shanks remembers that one of his favorite scenes came at the end when we all got to jump into each other's body and he got to play Jack yes. O'Neill for yes. a few shining moments. Um, so he goes on to there, you know, he seemed to have fun with that episode. Uh, recognizing when, that if he were to do it today, he would do things differently. But, uh, you know, at the time, you do what you can with what you have sure. in the time that you have it. And we will get into it, but uh, you know, some of the things that he's talking about were also some of the, you know, the very same things that I was enjoying as well. Sure. Um, uh, to that end, um, we have now seen four different actors play Jack O'Neill. You had <laughs> Kurt Russell... <laughs> <laughs> right in the in the movie, you have yes. uh, uh, Richard Dean Anderson, and yes. now of course Christopher Judge and Michael Shanks yes. have all played yes. O'Neill. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Another little bit of trivia here: uh, a large amount of the backstory for Michello was detailed in the Stargate SG One role playing game in the rule book huh. SG One Friends and Foes Stargate Season Two. Um. Now, I'm guessing that this stuff was published after this episode, um, but I, I didn't look that close, but I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, according to this backstory, it reveals that the Gould system lord that destroyed his home world was Ares. Mm. So, apparently, Ares is a system lord. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yep. I'll have to find out. Yep. Um, in a goof... There is a scene where Dr. Frazier is checking over Jackson. Uh, they look over at Michello, who is lying in bed with an oxygen mask on, and when they look back a second time, the mask has been removed. I looked for mm. this, and I missed it. Um, so, but I'm sure it's there. I think I, can, I think I can recall the scene, and I didn't notice, but, you know. Yep, okay. Yeah, yeah. Continuity error. Continuity. Uh, that happens. I, those types mm. of things aren't detrimental to me. Uh, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of fun. Like, Oh, Hey, that's kind of cool. But then I'm like, okay, moving on. Moving on. Yep. Uh, okay. So the synopsis, are you ready for this? Brent? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, like last time, my life has been absolutely insane. And so I got the first like three sentences, um, edited before my time (laughs) ran out and we had to record. So we'll be doing some (laughs) stuff on the fly. I haven't yet read this on the fly from the Stargate (laughs) command. Okay. All right. SG-1 comes upon what appears to be an alien lab with many bizarre devices scattered about in the room. They soon find a Palm Pilot-like device with peculiar symbols on it in no language that Dr. Jackson can recognize. Pause there for a moment. Palm Pilot-like device is what was there before, and I'm like, gosh, this dates this, because today you wouldn't say Palm Pilot-like device. You would say tablet or iPad-like device or something of that nature. So... I I will confess right now that when I saw that thing, I said, hey, it's a Palm Pilot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so maybe it's just me. <laughs> Although, at the time, in 1999, uh, it certainly would have been a Palm Pilot type device. That they and I actually, used. honestly, I think it might have been a Newton. Honestly, I, been, I think that it might have been a, an Apple Newton uh, with some stuff on it. Just, just, I have a hunch on that one. But anyway, no, carry on. Carry on. Uh, an old man suddenly appears. Teal'c recognizes him as Machello, an outlaw highly hunted by the Gua'uld. The old man, after eccentrically conversing with Jackson, tells him to take hold of a device, seemingly having no more effect than a static shock. The old man collapses and is brought through the Stargate to Earth. Soon after, Jackson starts acting strangely. He claims that he was told to go home when he wasn't. Well, no, actually, he was told to take some time off and go home and rest a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. He walks about around asking people to teach him about local customs. That is kind of weird. He befriends a homeless man named Fred. Uh, Fred was fun. Meanwhile, SG-1 is called to the infirmary because the old man knows quite a lot about Jackson. They soon realize that Jackson and Michello have switched bodies. However, Jackson in Michello's body is very ill and on the verge of death. He slips into a coma with no apparent outlook from Dr. Frazier for recovery. Carter begs him to wake up. He does, saying, nice to know you don't just like me for my looks. Michello is soon... 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Michella was soon tracked down after treating Fred to a bounteous feast of ice cream sundaes in a diner. Okay, it wasn't just ice cream sundaes. He ate nope. hamburgers and fries and hamburgers and, he, and French fries and yep. and and probably With a whole this. lot of other stuff. I get the impression that he like tasted everything on that menu. I would hate to see probably. that bill on Jackson's because yeah. he bought not just for them but for everybody. On him. On him. Um, in any case, so. Uh, He uses his credit card to pay, allowing the police to easily locate and arrest him. He is taken straight away to a cell at Stargate Command and bargains with Carter to keep Jackson's young body. He offers to teach Carter how to decode his Palm Pilot, which contains coded plans for powerful (laughs) anti-Gulwold inventions written in a code Michello invented. Translate his Palm Pilot. (laughs) Sorry, I mean, so, yeah, car- sorry, carry on. <laughs> uh, I'll wait. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's technically true. Yeah. It's yeah. technically true. Carter quickly declines, but takes him to meet Jackson, who Michello has told Carter to consider as a casualty of war. Jackson accuses Michello, uh, saying that if he really hates the Gua Wuld, yet would steal another body, then he's no better than the Gould. Okay, so that grammar makes sense, but it's a little bit weird. In any case, little, Jackson yeah. says, Michello, you are a Gould because you stole my body. And, uh, right. And, uh, actually, which I thought was a great scene, by the way. We'll get there. After returning home from Michello's planet to retrieve the device, now we're going back in time. Wow, this is bouncing around. Uh, Teal'c and Colonel Jack <laughs> O'Neill reveal that they have accidentally switched bodies, yet trouble soon strikes as Teal'c's body contrasts, contracts an illness. This means O'Neill must learn Kelnorim, a deep state of meditation Jaffa used to heal themselves in order to make his body whole again. After many fruitless attempts in Carter's lab to switch O'Neill and Teal'c back, Michello divulges the fact that switching is strictly a one-way process. A unique exchange of bodies can only happen once. He offers to translate his work so Earth can use advanced technology to fight the Gua'uld. Nevertheless, Carter soon formulates a plan to play a little musical chairs with everyone's body, simply rotating their minds through the affected circle of people instead of trying a direct exchange. Michello reluctantly agrees and expresses regret that he cannot teach Carter his code. I don't think he reluctantly agrees. I think he just, I mean, at that point in time, when, when he's been called a ghoul and all of that stuff, I think right. that, that hits home to him. And, and he realizes that maybe there's some truth in that. Uh, and sadly, I think there's some sadness there um, uh, because he would like to keep going, but he also recognizes that it's the right thing to do. He does, Mm -hmm. of course, express regret that he cannot teach Carter his code. So O'Neill in Teal'c's body switches with Michello in Jackson's body. Uh, Then Teal'c in O'Neill's body switches with Jackson in Michello's body. Then Teal'c in Michello's body swaps with Michello in Teal'c's body. Finally, O'Neill in Jackson's body swaps with Jackson in O'Neill's body. Michello finally returned to his own organic vessel, thanks Jackson for the holiday, and passes away quietly. Mm -hmm. Did you catch all of that? Uh, yeah, I did. And, um, yes. Okay. The end. The end. So, Brent, mm-hmm. the holiday. Mm-hmm. It's actually not the holiday, just holiday. What'd you think? <clears throat> I very much enjoyed the uh, uh, Christopher Judge playing Jack O'Neill. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed Richard Dean Anderson playing Teal'c. I enjoyed uh, watching uh, Michael Shanks play a. This actually, I think, is his. He's he's had to do this a couple of times, or maybe even a few times so far. Like something about uh, his character has been significantly altered to the point that, like, the actor is having to be really kind of outside of himself. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but I was, but it was nice to see uh, Michael Shanks play Machello. Uh, I have to comment that uh, Michael Shanks' old man is way, yeah. way better than than uh, Richard Dean Anderson's old man. Uh, from- I didn't even, but at that point, yeah, fair. Um, <clears throat> th- 
the and and that and that was uh, that was that was the highlight of this episode was watching these characters these actors play the different characters. Uh, Which is what the episode we, we, is. That's that's all there is to it. There there's there's no story. Nothing extends. No. Nothing moves on. It's just no. let's see what happens when these characters have to play different characters. It it was fun. I I enjoyed it. And sure, now I have a tiny bit more information about the Jaffa and their symbiotes and how their um, uh, extremely well, good health, is, you know, how, how that comes to be. Uh, I also got a tad more information that apparently the Jaffa, like, you know, really can't stand the feel of hair on their head. Um, you know, so there's there there was some stuff in there that, that you know, that's OK. Um uh, and yeah, I, uh, you know, we we we've been given a, a, a tad of information that could be generated into something that ultimately defeats the Ghoul Wold. Um, so that's cool. Uh huh. And then the bad parts—they weren't terrible. It's just you know the story was kind of pretty isolated and it was extremely dependent on us having a good time watching the uh, actors play other characters and I spent the entire episode wondering if what they did at first was they had the original actors play the characters in scene with you know so Richard Dean Anderson would be playing O'Neill in those moments as it you know just just playing it out and Christopher Judge is watching Richard Dean Anderson act that scene and they then switch, you know, and vice versa. And then mm. they swap where Christopher judge then is emulating Richard Dean Anderson playing Jack O'Neill in the scene. I right? have no idea um, if that happened. That'd be kind of cool. It, would, um, it, it seems like it would make a tad more sense to do it that way than to really rely on. Okay. Christopher judge, we're relying on your observational skills, watching your fellow actor play a character uh, in order to repeat it back to us. Like, it would make more sense to just run it through in character, you know, inside the heads of their characters that they had been in for this entire time, and then swap. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Now, on a practical nuts and bolts, now you're, you're increasing the amount of, of uh, time on studio significantly to do that. Um, so I, I, mean, I question whether or not that actually happened, um, but it'd be cool. They probably could run it through while they were waiting for the cameras to get loaded with film. I you know, but the point is, like, they probably whatever. But I, but my real point is that I was spending more time. I was uh, kind of waiting for the reason why Michael Shanks was in old man makeup, um, because I know I knew it was him, um, and apparently I shouldn't have known. And of course, the story never got to a point where that would make any sense it just they just did it that way um and uh let's see what else oh i was uh paying an awful lot of attention to the sets or you know especially when they were out on the town i'm just like you know living back in the late 90s through all of the you know like the cars and the 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 apparel and the you know the the logos on things you know like i i I was spending way more time in the, the not story of this episode than I was spending in the story. If that makes sense. Yeah, I can hear that. I see that. Um, bottom line, there's not a whole lot of story here. Um, yeah. You know, what's the story? They find an alien. Uh, the alien swaps bodies with, 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 uh, Jackson. The alien goes and has, um, dinner with a right. homeless man. They catch yeah. him. Um, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> the the whole episode actually on he a no said that's dinner. <laughs> I mean, it's true, but that's exactly right. It's like that's it. <laughs> um, uh, the whole episode plays like a holiday. Uh, I mean, the, right. there, there's a there's a meta holiday going on just as much as there is a holiday within the story itself. Uh, oh, 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 whoa, kaboosh. That was the sound of my mind just getting blown wide open. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to send us a signal. This one's going to be a nap, and it's fine. Well, Have a fun nap with so us. So I was just thinking about this as you were talking. 
Um, the previous episodes, now I have the advantage of knowing what's coming next and sure. and what but you know, we had the fifth race and then we had a matter of time, which mm-hmm. were both um significantly heavy episodes, I mean relatively speaking. Yeah, they were intense. Um yeah. and I know what's coming following this episode. Um and I don't want to go into too much detail there. Sure. But uh you know, and I wonder if if the showrunners said we just need an episode right here in this spot that uh um just kind of is just kind of frivolous fun. You know, that, sure. that doesn't go into a lot of uh depth with anything. I would not be surprised at all if there was some kind of television production conventional wisdom that said something to the effect of uh, it, it it is wise to uh, break up heavy story sometimes. And, um, you know, also taking a look at the calendar and, you know, there could be some there could be some like television fatigue. So, you know, like there's the Super Bowl that's right around this time of year. And right. so like, you know, and then there's uh, award seasons coming up. And so these events typically have like really high viewership and people spend an awful lot of time watching the things. And so, you know, it wouldn't shock me in the least if producers were like, yeah. And then there's going to be this population of people that kind of tune out. Um, they, they, they're just not that well engaged in this time in this time frame. So this is where you throw in. This is where we have this, you know, these these four scripts that you know, don't really fit chronologically in any spot. Right. These are the, you know, this is the spot where we do it. You know, and, and it's interesting, uh, as, as you talk here, so we mentioned in a previous episode uh, that the fifth race and a matter of time, depending on the international market, were swapped. So in some cases, you right. went touchstone a matter of time, the fifth race. Uh, in other markets, it was touchstone the fifth race, a matter of time. Well, uh-huh. holiday and the next episode also in some markets apparently were swapped because as I look through the illustrated companion, I'm hmm. noticing that hmm. next week's episode was actually uh, prior to holiday. Uh, so now you've huh. got these four episodes that, depending on the international market, are being shuffled around in terms of order, uh, which would then lead credence to your hypothesis that uh, uh, the producers were uh, pr- uh, airing these episodes at different times in their markets to uh, adjust for the ebb and flow of sure. the audience. A viewership, yeah. Um, yeah, because if you, what you're trying to do is if you're trying to build interest into us, into a... Um I'm going to use the word universe. I kind of try to avoid that, especially with sci-fi. If you're trying to build interest in a particular story universe uh, relatively long-term, it would be sensible to uh, make sure that you are telling the good parts of the story when your audience is paying attention. Yeah. And you still need to have 24 episodes in the can, so you don't try... Now, you know, now it's... 24 episodes of nothing but story like you don't miss it and of course there were plenty of instances where that was going on before i guess well actually that would be actually, pretty no. interesting i mean at this point in in the late 90s uh sg1 was about as close as you got to uh serialized television with perhaps the exception of a couple of seasons of deep space nine which was but i'm thinking out I'm thinking outside of sci-fi. I'm thinking of of drama. I'm thinking of like you know, like Dallas. Okay. Uh, you know, like right where you know. I don't know if there were episodes that were completely episodic in Dallas. I've never watched the series. Um, I do know that everybody was deeply invested in the story, and uh, you know, so uh, maybe if they were, if it was just nothing but story, you know, like a soap opera done right. Um, then people didn't miss it. Like there was nothing about it. You have to be home to watch Dallas. And here we are with sci-fi where the rules are a little bit different, where episodic uh, television really had been ruling the day and we're in winter and you know, the, the viewership numbers can be bouncing around a little bit, right? Yeah. It's, it is sensible that they would be like, yes. And this is when you air holiday. Good story. A lot of fun. Uh, plop it here. If people miss it, they're not going to be lost. Uh, you know, when we when we wrap up the big story. Yep. Um, you know, regarding Holiday, 
Um, I have always felt this episode was perfectly fine. I've enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. Um, but I haven't felt, you know, I mean, and as the completionist as I am, every time I watch this series, I make sure to watch Holiday because that's what comes after a matter of time. Um, yes, <laughs> and that's how it works. And that's how it works. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and it's, you know, you just watch it because it's, it, it's, there, it's right there. It's fun. It's nothing exciting. It's, it's just, it, it's, it's good. It's not great. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. Um, I, I have always been impressed with um, Christopher Judge's O'Neill in this episode. Uh, I thought yeah. that that was really good. Um, <sighs> while the some folks, you know, I, I have always thought that Richard Dean Anderson's Teal'c was a little bit stone. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I also think about it, it's like, okay, but up until this point, Teal'c is kind of stone. Yeah, um, but that, but this is, but this is it. I mean, I think that, I think that this is a great little moment to just, just, to just put, shine a light on it real quick. Christopher Judge playing the stoic Teal'c has been doing such a good job with it that he doesn't feel like he's stone. Not really. Yeah. Like, He's been doing a great job with it. Well, and then Richard Dean Anderson yeah. gets thrown in the in the same character and it comes across as wooden. I mean, they did a fine job. Yeah. They they did a great job playing off of each other. Those scenes were fun. Those scenes were a lot of fun. But you're right. Like Richard Dean Anderson's Teal'c was worse than Christopher Judge's uh O'Neill. Yeah. Uh which just goes to show um that Christopher Judge has got some serious acting chops. Yeah, he does. Um, also, frankly, um, now I had the benefit of knowing, I don't know if you recognized from the get-go um, at the very beginning when they they swapped bodies, uh, um, uh, Jackson and Michello, uh, mm-hmm. and Michello falls over, and, and uh, Jackson's like, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, I don't know if you noticed it, but... There was a dramatic change in body posture and intonation and inflection from Jackson. I noticed, I noticed the intonation and inflection. I did not notice the posture. I did notice the change in uh, um, Michael Shanks's like face, of, uh, like how he was holding yeah. his own face. Maybe that's maybe like, that's more I than did posture. That. But so I mean, just like the way that Michael Shanks is able to. In a very yeah. subtle way, um, it's like he's you know it. I, I was I'm impressed with that. That's that that's great acting work to to be a different character, um, and it just yeah oh you yeah. Know, um, I, I was really really impressed with that, um, and for my money, uh, you can disagree with me all you want out there. Um, try to convince me otherwise, but I have always thought that uh, uh, Richard Dean Anderson in this episode is uh, simply not as good in this uh, character acting, uh, whereas his O'Neill is, uh-huh. is very much himself, uh, yes. and he's very good at it, and yes. and uh, and such. But when he yes. is now required to play a different uh-huh. character. Um, yeah. he is not as good. He, uh, he, so yeah, he brings his star power to the role and his star power, especially in the right role is a great fit. It was a little like, um, how Kevin Costner was such a popular actor for quite a while in the nineties. But if you take a look at his roles, they're all the same. Yep. And he plays himself. Basically, he's 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 Kevin Costner in each of those roles. He's not even getting close to attempting to try. And and it's and it's hilariously illustrated with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, a movie I have seen so many times thanks to, uh, you know, no television reception and a VHS copy of it when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like it's hilarious in it because he kind of sort of halfway kind of sort of tries to be character actor in some scenes. And you can probably tell which scenes they shot first because those scenes are the ones where he is actually most 
not Kevin Costner. <laughs> and then there's the rest of the movie where he's just like, eh, screw it. And yep. then, and then you get arrows. the big joke <laughs> in uh, uh, yes. Robin Hood, Prince of uh, Men in Tights, Men where, in tights, where yeah. he says, unlike some Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. Uh, right, which exactly. is a you know, direct slap in the face of Costner in that role. Right. Um, but Kevin Costner, though, is a terrible character actor. Yeah. Uh, you know, contrast that with um, I'm trying to think of who one of my favorite character act- character actors are. are. Um, Willem Dafoe popped in my head, but actually, I don't know if that's true. I think he kind of brings his star power to it too. Well, I mean, um, take take um, uh, Armin Shimmerman, who plays Quark, who yes. played um, the one Knox guy, uh, Rene Aubergeois, who plays Odo in Deep yep. Space Nine. Even in that series, yep. you see him play different characters a couple of times. Uh, yep. And that just really just comes alive on on this on the screen. Um, uh, spoiler oh, alert: Day We will Lewis. see Rene Aubergeois in this series uh, yeah. later on. Oh, cool! But yeah, no, the person, the, the like the epitome of of character actor, I think, is uh, Daniel Day Lewis. His ability to completely become a com- just a, a different human being yeah. is amazing. Um. Uh. Shoot, um, Pirates of the Caribbean. What's the guy's name? Oh, uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Thank you. It just totally yeah. flipped. Him. He's also a great character actor. Uh, yes, you, he is. you can make all the comments you want about his uh, character and his personality and all of that stuff. Sure. Um, but the reality is, when it comes to acting a character, he makes he embodies those characters, and they become. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's hard to believe that it's the same person playing those characters. Right. Uh, so getting back to here, frankly, that's not Richard Dean Anderson's strength. Uh, nope. he's, he's got, <laughs> I mean, you know, I love Richard Dean Anderson as, uh, O'Neill. I think he yeah, brings sure. that character alive in a way that few other people could have. Uh, he certainly does mm-hmm. a better job of bringing it alive than Kurt Russell did. Um, oh yeah. Still, that said, um, just let him play himself and then call it good. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. Right. Uh, if if there are too many more episodes in my future where they do this exact same thing all over again, it's going to be bad. But I got a feeling that's probably never going to happen. Um, no. I think you're safe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to promise that, but I think you're safe. But yep. it was it was indeed delightful to be watching Christopher Judge play O'Neill. Uh, that scene at the end, uh, I get why they were doing it. Oh yeah, and side note, you know, I'm gonna pat myself on the back a little bit. I totally saw the solution about halfway through the episode. But oh um, yeah, you know, we're not gonna worry about that too much. And uh, it's okay that they that they did the the switcheroo pretty quickly and that they gave each character or they gave each actor about a second or two worth of screen time inside somebody else's character, yep. like the big switch. Um, it would have been, I, I don't think that they could have written it well, but it would have been enjoyable to see just a tad more time in each of those characters. Yeah. Along the exact same thing, like to, to watch each of these actors play the different characters for just a tad more. Again, I can't imagine how they would write it where it wouldn't be lame, but you know, so you'd also have to be really careful with that. Well, I mean, in, in the, 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 the story itself is that they had to move quickly because Michello's body was going to die quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and they had minutes to see this happening. And so, you know, you, could not uh, dilly-dally in that process. Right. But you're right. It would have been kind of fun to see um, Shanks uh, play O'Neill and O'Neill play Shanks for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Teal'c played Jackson. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. So. Or not Teal'c. Judge. Judge. Christopher Judge. Judge played Jackson. Judge. Judge Jackson. Anyway. Oh, wait. Judge Jackson. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Was there anything else? Oh, uh, I do have a thing that I want to bring up that doesn't have anything to do with the episode, though. All right, before you do that, I just want to make one comment. Uh, basically, uh, Carter does almost nothing in this episode. I mean, she saves the day, she solves the puzzle at the end, but, you know, that could have been anyone. The only thing she's got is that one scene with, 
uh, Jackson when he's in Michello's body and he's nearly to death and she's he's in a coma and she's like, hey, don't yeah. die on me. I like that scene. Her acting sure. was really, really good in that scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to uh, toss that out there. Uh, it was not over the top. You could tell that she really, really cares about this guy. Um, but I didn't think it was... Um, you know, it, it did not fall into weird for me. Yeah. Um, no, they, th- that was a nice scene. It it was one to me. It was one of those scenes that um, I didn't notice very strongly, but that's because it was fine. Right. It was just it was it was smooth. It was rational. It made, you know, it was it was emotional in an appropriate way. Like everything about it was. Right. It was just, it's also it was a, a, nice clean a, a scene in that one that would not, strictly speaking, be necessary. You wouldn't have had to have that scene in the True. show. If you had skipped it, yeah. the story would have continued. Uh, he would have just come out of out of coma in a different way. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. in any case. so I did also, you briefly mentioned the scene between um, Jackson and Michello, um, oh, yeah. where Shanks was talking to Shanks. And, uh, yeah, that was a good scene. You know, that was... That was that was that was just that was good. I think that it 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 um, I think that it played out a little peculiarly. I think that the logic steps no the logic steps were fine. Um, I felt like Michello got convinced a little bit too quickly for as ardent as he was at the beginning of that conversation. That but but it was still it was still good and it was really it was it was well acted. Yeah, it was you know especially with. Um, uh, with Jackson and Michello's body being so upset about trying to to you know still look for Sheree, right? Like that was good, and, and frankly, good I actually believed his emotion in that scene. Yeah. Oh, yes, me too. <laughs> oh, yeah. As opposed to the other ones, as yes. opposed to various other scenes that we have had where Jackson yes. doesn't seem to remember oh, that yeah. Sharae oh. exists. Um, oh yeah, Sharae. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, I'm married. I'm married. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really have anything more to say. I mean, I could jammer, jabber more about, uh, uh, Shanks's work when he's on the street wandering around at the, the restaurant and whatnot. Um, I love, I did say, I will say this, that I loved the scene where he's like, uh, he's so charming and he's talking to the, the, the waitress and he's like, uh, would you favor me for a kiss or something like that? And she's like, good line. No. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I had fun with that. They, and I think they had fun yeah. with it and it came across. Yep. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, I also enjoyed watching uh, Michael Shanks play Michello out in the wild. That was fun. Yeah. That was fun. I liked it. Yep. Uh, so Brent, you had one more comment to make. Yeah, not about the episode, but about the Stargate Command app and service. So, way long time ago, almost a year. Oh, golly, almost a year ago. Uh, I was mentioning that I was watching the show through the Stargate Command app. I happen to be the kind of person that, even as obnoxious as these services can be compared to other services, I like to try to throw my money cl- as close to the um actual creators and actors and the people that make the show as possible. Uh, so, you know, even though I'm throwing money at MGM, um, it's at least a theoretical step closer than if I were to be throwing my money at uh, Amazon or Netflix or somebody else. Um, and that was working out great for me. They did an app update uh, like three weeks ago or something, and they just completely changed the the backbone of their service, which is fine. You know, th- they were probably having all sorts of nightmares with authentication and such. And they went with a federated authenticator. You can sign up with Google or with Facebook or whatever, or using your own old credentials. They had given everybody warning. You're going to have to create a new password. No problem. Somehow, some way I ended up in a set of users that had my old profile disassociated from my new profile in ways that seemed to be irretrievable. And I said to myself, fine. It's unfortunate that I'm going to have to cough up an extra 20 bucks to get access to this thing again, but I'll do it. 
So I'm all I'm doing this all through the um, the iOS app, and I subscribe to the thing again, and it's just flat out not working. And I'm not alone in having this app not work. And unlike most apps where you have the option to restore purchases and it does a little magic to figure out whether or not you actually belong there, uh, this does not seem to do it. Uh, I have delved a little bit into the how can I get this thing to get fixed and I don't really seem to find so the the point is that there's like two points on this one. Number one, if you are um if you're if you're listening and you are uh, blissfully following my advice about what to be doing, well, first off, don't. And secondly, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry to have led you astray on this one. It seems to have gone a little bit sideways. Uh, but also, kind of a sidecar question is if like if you happen to know like right now, it's like oh yeah, it's kind of hard to find. But if you if you click this, then that, then this, it all starts to work again. Like I would be keenly interested in knowing which which magic button presses to press to get this thing to work again. Um, as it stands, like I'm watching it on Amazon Prime, it's fine. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, I also believe that they're probably going to be pushing out an update that actually fixes the problem. I, I expect it to be so, but maybe not. I don't know. Sometimes these things just literally die. Uh, you know, like studios are like, yeah, we're totally going to do an app. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's broken right now, but we'll get, we'll fix it. And then like five years goes by. So uh, that's a rant. Yeah. I'm not, and it is a cry for help. It's a cry for help. actually. And you know, interestingly, <laughs> you know, so I've, I've been watching mostly on Amazon prime because we already had Amazon mm-hmm. prime and it became available on that. But when we first started watching it, I decided to watch. Uh, I, I got the Stargate Command app and was using it for the first few episodes early on. Uh, it was convenient if I was uh, in a place not at home where I didn't have access to my DVDs, didn't have access to, well, I guess Amazon follows me anywhere anyway. Anyway, I, I checked sure. out the, the Stargate Command app. Actually, part of it was that early on, when we very first started this, this podcast, Brent, uh, Amazon did not currently have Stargate Command available right. uh, on their Prime streaming service. I think you could uh, purchase them digitally, but you couldn't just stream them through the Prime. Um, sure. And so I got this so that I would have the digital access to it. Um, and I noticed, actually, I didn't, because I don't use the app very often anymore, um, when you said you were having trouble a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, oh, hey, let me look at this. And I went in there, and sure enough, I had to log in again. And, you know, there was some weirdness about remembering what my password was and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But then I got in there really quick and really easily, and it was relatively smooth sailing in terms of getting logged back in. The app itself, the structure changed dramatically, and now it's way difficult uh, to sift through everything to actually get to any given episode, which does not make me happy as an end user. But uh, maybe, perhaps, if they continue to tweak it, uh, it'll turn out to be okay. But right now, it is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did not have the problem getting in or having to re-log in or any of that stuff that you did. So You know, and part of me is, now that I'm actually thinking about it, uh, I think that when I first was trying to reuse the service, I noticed that they had... Uh, uh, they they had the option of using a federated authenticator. And so I, I at first, I think I was going to sign in with Google and then realized that uh, it didn't know who I was. It wasn't actually federated. They didn't actually figure out that last part of how to, re- how to associate existing profiles with anybody who's coming in as new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I think what probably happened now that I think about it is that in the back, uh, uh, the database side of it, the entity management, I have now created two profiles. And every time that I log in and it says, uh, it says, who are you? <laughs> and I say, I am me. And it finds the other one that didn't pay for it. <laughs> it says <laughs> pay for it. And, well, but don't. But the other one did pay for it. See, that's that's my beef. Is that I have an old profile that paid for it. So, and then so what you're I saying is that you're, you're trying to get back into your old, your your young body, and you're stuck in Michello. I'm stuck in Michello, but guess what? Michello paid money. Give me access. Uh, anyway, doesn't matter. I'm still being able to watch it because this is this is the modern age. I, I have access to many 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 avenues. Yep. Well. Anyway. Brent, I, I apologize for this happening. It absolutely sucks. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I hope that it is resolved for you uh, in a timely manner. 
Uh, and I thank you for being willing to uh, deal with other, uh, you know, and take those other avenues available so that we can continue to produce these podcasts, which I am enjoying immensely. That, you're very, you're very kind. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Are we ready, Brent, to give Holiday yes. its chevrons? Let's do it. Let's give these, let's give these chevrons out. Okay. Hit me. Don't actually hit right. me. Just give me the chevrons. Bang! Oh, me, oh. baby, one more time. Boom. Um, oh, man. So, it always comes back around. Full circle. It's always about Brittany. Uh, we uh, we had a good time in this one. Um, I I really did enjoy watching the actors play the different roles. Uh, I... I, it was, I was enjoying thinking about how they made this episode happen. Uh, to me, that isn't the mark of a good episode at all. Uh, I, a good episode or a good movie is one where I get so lost in the story that I'm completely not thinking about how they produced it. But this one, I was doing nothing but thinking about how they produced it. I still had fun. I enjoyed it. I think it's a good time to be watching these actors do different things. Um, if you missed this episode, would you miss anything substantial? Uh, unless this new tech really kind of comes into the fore, nah, nah, you, you, you can, you can, you can miss it. So in my, in my whole, like you can miss it attitude, I'm going to give this one three out of seven chevrons. Three. Um, so very much like you, Brent, um, I had fun with this episode. Um, I think the main part of this episode, what makes this episode, uh, what it is, is simply getting to see the different actors, play the different characters. Um, yeah. And, and that, uh, the, as you mentioned, there, there is not much of a, a, a strong plot here. It's just kind of there uh, to hold the idea of swapping our characters around. Um, there have been lots and lots of TV shows throughout the, the decades that have had a uh, character swap like this, and I think this actually does it better than most. Yeah. Um. I think that uh, all of this put together, I think I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, Sure. uh, You're right. The the story doesn't do much for anybody. Um, Right. But I had fun watching the actors play different characters, and that's enough that uh, makes it give it a four for me. Sure. Sure. Okay. Nice. Are you going to change your vote now? Did I? No. Nope. I'm oh, sticking with three. Okay, fine. Nope. All right. So, <laughs> Brent, our next episode. Yes. yes. Is entitled Serpent's Song. That's uh-huh. serpent with an apostrophe S, a possessive. Serpent's Song. It is song. the song of mm-hmm. the serpent, the serpent's song. Tell me, what is yeah. the serpent's song about? Next time on Stargate SG-1, the Stargate team, the SG-1 team travels through the Stargate to find themselves on a strange world. They look off into the distance and they see an attack ship, a ghoul attack ship. Not knowing that they were going to be confronting an attack force, they quickly regroup, but discover that this might be an opportunity to take out a system lord. They walk up closely to the attack ship and find indeed they do have an opportunity to get through. However... Due to circumstances, there is only one person who can carry on the mission. It's Teal'c. Because he is Jaffa, he has an opportunity to get close and finally end the conflict with Apophis. However, he stands before the group and he says, Here I go again on my own, walking down the only road I've ever known. Like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. Join us next time for White Snakes. I mean, for Stargate SG One Serpent Song. <laughs> How'd I do? Are we gonna have a Are we gonna have a rock ballad in the middle of this thing? Um, it's possible. Here I go again on my own. Down the only road I've ever known. Hey Grant, we don't want to get slapped yeah. with the cease and desist order. Oh boy. Because you you know you know I'm doing such a good job performing that song that somebody could mistake it for the original and that we are earning so much money from what we're doing here that I am getting unjustly enriched. 
Sure. <laughs> if that's the story you want to tell yourself, you go right ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Shall we watch the promo and yeah. find out what the let's... Serpent Song is all about? Let's see. What the... Yeah, let's, let's do this. Are you ready? Yes. Hitting go now. Next on Stargate SG-1. Cover up! A fallen enemy. Help me. Is that who I think it is? A prisoner what? of war. Let me know when he dies. You will die with me. Should have yeah. shot him. A hunted warlord. He has come here seeking refuge. Well, that's tough. You have taken what is mine. For this, you will be destroyed. And a fatal liability. He's a prisoner of war. That gives him certain rights. Rights? If he remains here, you will all die. He's oh, man, we're going to see your Tok'ra friends. Yes. Yeah. On the next Stargate SG-1. Huh. Well, I wasn't expecting us to capture Apophis. Well, we'll have to wait till next week to find out what yeah. happens in Serpent Song. I'm kind of excited. This looks, this looks like this is going to be a good one. Yeah, so you get uh, Apophis is back, and you've got the Tok'ra back, and... Uh-huh. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Yep. So uh, join us next time as we tackle Serpent Song. Uh, and until then, tell us what you think about family. Tell us where we... Mm-hmm. Family. Holiday. Not family. Not family. It's holiday. I mean, you can tell us what we think about family, but that was like a year ago. <laughs> that was a while ago. Yeah. I mean, you can do it. You can do it. It's fine. And, and, You're allowed and that's to. fine. But, you know, specifically holiday. Tell us what you think about holiday. Tell us where we got it right. <laughs> tell us where we got it wrong. Tell us that you think that uh, uh, Richard Dean Anderson's Teal'c was the best Teal'c, even better ah, than Teal'c's ah, Teal'c. Ah. Um, <laughs> If, if, if that's what you think, I will happily listen to your arguments. I think you're wrong, sure. but I'll still listen. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh-huh. Email us. You might change our mind. Well, it's, it's possible. It's po- you know, I, I do try to keep an open mind so that if somebody brings an argument that uh, is better than my argument, uh, I say, oh, okay, so your argument is frankly better than mine, so I'll change. Um, that's... Yep. One of the uh, benchmarks of how I try to operate in the world. Lord knows I don't succeed always, but I try and succeed most of the time. So, try to convince me. I'll listen. Put it to the test. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it now. Do it. All right. So, uh, email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Excellent. See, part of what happened is I need to make sure that I have the full lung of air because if I only have half lung of air, I get through the the enough. GH and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yep, yep, and then I Stumble. can't do it anymore. Uh, or uh, mention us on Twitter. Talk to us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. Uh, do a dance, sing a jig, you know, all of those things. Sure, that sounds like uh, fun. Or go to Facebook, Walking Through the Stargate uh, Facebook page, the Facebook group, all of those things. Yes. Good stuff. Uh, anything else for the good of the podcast? For the good of the podcast? Nope. <laughs> we're good. We're good for now. <laughs> okay, good. In that case, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. <laughs>